greatness. Listened to a lot of Dylan in the last few weeks leading up to his, uh, I'm sure you heard, 80th birthday last Monday. 24th, whenever that was. I think it was Monday. I think it was this day last week. Um, didn't want an exception for Dylan's birthday. Why would I? Never met the guy. Saw him a few times. Been in his presence a few times, you know, with thousands of other people. But, you know, why would I do anything different for, for Dylan's birthday? Other than I just, like, sat down with my guitar and just played all the Dylan songs that I know. And suffice to say, I was there a few hours. Nothing new there, of course. Like, I haven't started discovering new Dylan albums. I haven't had some sort of intervention whereby I'm like, Ooh, those, uh, those Sinatra recordings from a few years back are very unheralded. I didn't like just dig out obscure 80s Dylan albums and start listening to them like in a kind of attempt to consolidate how hardcore a fan I am. I just listen to what I know are my favourite Dylan albums. No new songs really. But I find I find with Dylan in particular you can like hear a song that you're not hearing for the first time and I do know this song but fuck I never realized how good this was I'm gonna talk in the past tense here um because to be fair like my favorite Dylan stuff is like early 60s you know actually like pre-electric Dylan I think I would have been one of those people who was shouting Judas at him if I was around back then. Like, fuck off, stick with the folk music. Like, that just happens to be my favourite era of Dylan. The kind of 61 through to 64-ish sort of period. Obviously, I really like a lot of the other stuff as well. Like, really like it. But if I was to pick my favourite era, it's that kind of early to mid-20s Greenwich Village Dylan, the kind of Newport Folk Festival Dylan. That's my favorite Dylan. He's like, he's not that original in a lot of respects. Like he's not the first guy ever to, you know, play guitar and harmonica. Like there were plenty of lads around who were just guys on guitars. He was the first to do some things. He was like, he was the first to kind of expand songwriting and kind of introduce kind of literary references to his songwriting. He was probably one of the first to have albums, actually. I feel like Freewheeling was one of the first albums. Like, before that, like, if you go back to the 50s, like, they weren't really albums. They were kind of just, like, like hits. Like, and you might have a collection of hits. Do you know what I mean? Like, say, James Brown or fucking Chuck Berry or Elvis. They didn't really have big albums they had like live performances later in their career but they weren't like making an album and then kind of having a kind of theme to the album and then going in a new direction with a new album they kind of just had hits and hits and hits release as singles and b-sides and then further along down the line someone made kind of collections of the albums whereas i feel like dylan was one of the first to have like a classic album as we know it today but other than that he's actually not that original? <laughs> no, that's not true. No, I'm not, I'm not saying Dylan's not original. But it does astound me 
how like like out on his own he is when it comes to just one guy making music like one guy on guitar singing playing harmonica like he's just streets ahead of anyone like back in the 60s he was and I can't think of anyone who gets near him in terms of like just one guy making music do you know what I mean like not having the support of a band like and that there's so much so much I don't understand as to why that's so good I mean if you're trying I've kind of I've somewhat of an analytical mind and I do try and pick apart things but I can't really pick apart why he's that good like his guitar playing is so weird his guitar playing is genius but it's so it seems so primitive he sings out of time with his guitar i noticed that which is really difficult to do for a start like he's got these weird almost made-up rhythms that changes throughout the song and his vocal kind of weaves in around that rhythm seemingly not to fit and it's kind of a bit of a it's a bit of a head fuck for the ears shouldn't sound good but for some reason it does then there's the use of language itself like it's not really what he's saying it's kind of how he says it that became like really apparent with something like last thoughts on woody guthrie where it's like oh this is even without music when he's just using his voice he's just reciting words and having fun with language that seems to be what he does a lot. He just like seems to have fun with language. And it's just candy for the ears. Here's an example. This is a song called, uh, I don't really know it that well. But it's from that era. I, I do know it, but I don't know it well. And like, having known the song for what, 15, 20 years now at this stage. I was like, fuck, that's good. <laughs> it's uh, a song called Farewell Angelina. Farewell, Angelina. This sky is falling, and I cannot go on. Not that one. And uh, it's kind of like a classic. Like it's got all the hallmarks of that my favorite Dylan era. Something he does a lot, like is just kind of dick around with language, but then will just hit you with something quite profound. You know, he's he's just like it's like it's like gibberish, gibberish, gibberish. Oh, what's that line? Like the music's like different level, but sometimes like you can't read anything into a lot of the gibberish type lyrics. But then he just hits you with just one really powerful line that really resonates you with a, in a particular moment. I talked about like the visa situation and. A lot of people are having to leave, like, and there's uproar about, like, you know, people have been here for years, just have to up and leave because the government have decided they, they don't want them here anymore. It's quite a sad situation, really. It kind of, you know, it kind of resonates with you when you, re when you listen to something like Farewell Angelina. Like you'd be like you'd be like see the cross-eyed pirates sitting perched in the sun shooting tin cans with sawn-off shotguns. Like yeah, I don't know what he's on about there. Cross-legged pirates. Like what is that about? <laughs> and then he'll just like come down to the frame. But farewell, Angelina. This sky is on fire, and I must go. Oh, that's 
That's really good. <laughs> the sky is on fire and I must go. That's like very relevant right now. That's just like, that's just a nothing song to him. <laughs> that's just one of the many songs like that that he wrote back then. It's like an absolute masterpiece of a song and I'm only registering now how good that is. I find that really strange. Just the level he got to it. Like it's just the sustain, like he just did that for years and then got bored of it. And like what, sixty years later? It's still just like for me that era of of folk music of like him as a one man band, like that's it's so untouchable. It's so I remember hearing Christy Moore talking about him on stage once, actually. And he was like, like yeah, there's a lot, a lot of great songwriters out there, but for, for me, this fella's, this fella's out in the field on his own. I was like, yeah, he's, he's so far out on his own. It's unbelievable. Like, like he was at the time. Just this weird, scrawny little 23-year-old kid. Like, 23-year-old? What the fuck were you doing when you were 23? We're masterpieces, right? Like six years later, just still, no one can get near this twenty-three-year-old. Like <laughs> something to do with greatness, isn't it? I feel I think like people like to experience greatness. Obviously, it was long before any of our time, but it's a nice, uh, it's a nice thing in this world just to witness greatness, or for greatness to be captured. I like that idea.